Lisa Bonos. Welcome to Soloish, a Washington Post podcast about being unmarried but far from alone. Now, dating involves a lot of eating and drinking with strangers or people you're just starting to get to know. And I found that food tastes, quirks, and habits can bond people early on or perhaps repel them very quickly. My friend Adam Chandler is a senior associate editor at The Atlantic and is also an unofficial fast food critic. He's dating a woman, Emily Saladino, who's a freelance food journalist and quite the foodie. When I heard about this match, I was so curious about how their relationship worked. Was Emily grossed out by Adam's obsession with Taco Bell? Where did they go on dates? We'll talk about that in just a few minutes. But first, let's pregame with some burgers and fries. It was Emily's first time at Five Guys. All right. Um, I'm going to get a bacon cheeseburger, please. Sure. Just tell me what do you want on the burger. Um, I'm going to go mayo, lettuce, pickles. Okay. Uh, some of those grilled onions and grilled mushrooms would be great. You got it? You want some french fries to drink one? Can I grab a... Uh, I'll end up sharing large fries. Large fries yeah. for everybody for sure? Yes. Good? All right. Um, okay. I think I might go little cheeseburger. What do you like, Um, Ketchup, mustard, mayonnaise. Sure. Lettuce, tomato, pickles. A mm-hmm. lot of your topics. Huh? It's That's the inaugural voyage. You know? <laughs> Thank you, Dave. No problem. Emily, what did you think? Would you go back on a second date to Five Guys? Um, what a great question. If, you know, if, I mean, if the Five Guys opportunity presented itself again, I can't see myself saying no. I dug the French fries. I thought yeah. they were good. The peanut oil French fries. And then they also gave you a little boat of peanuts, which is adorable. Um, and I thought it was really cute that they served them in a plastic cup. It was like when you go to a Belgian beer garden and they're in a cone. It was a little plastic fast food cup. That's what the fries came in. Except um, it was $8 for like 80 million fries. Versus it was a like, huge serving. Yeah. American-sized portions, for sure. The three of us <laughs> devoured all of those fries, though. <laughs> now, Adam, can you tell us a little bit about why you love fast food and where that comes from? How long do we have? <laughs> Just a few <laughs> minutes. Make it make it short. Okay. Well, I, I think... I, I don't think I, I uh, have reasons for liking fast food that are much different than most people. There's um, familiarity of it. You know, I ate it as a child. What was your favorite Texas. favorite uh, place in Texas growing up? There's a regional chain called Whataburger. It's what a burger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they have it in L.A. too. And when I, I think, yeah? I don't think it's in L.A. Really? How yeah. do I know about it then? It's re- it's the same way that people in L.A. freak out about in an out burger. People in Texas are that way about one Okay, burger. okay. And I don't know. It's my deep-fried Madeline. I don't know how else to describe <laughs> it. When I go home to Texas and uh, visit friends and family, Whataburger's part of that experience. And, you know, the national are in, chains are in Texas too, so that's part of it. Mm-hmm. You brought me to Whataburger the first time I went to Houston. That's right. I, that, was part of, that was part of, even though Houston has a great culinary scene, I definitely dragged her kicking and screaming, semi-kicking and semi-screaming <laughs> to Whataburger for uh, this this ritual. Yeah, so that's the other part of it. Familiarity yeah. of the food and the ritual, I think, are huge parts of why I like fast food. Okay. And Emily, salad is literally part of your last name. <laughs> I never thought of that, Lisa. That's very true. It's very true. So let us ponder, <laughs> if you will, before you met Adam, how likely were you to eat fast food? Highly unlikely. And why, why is that? You have sort of like a more refined taste. Um, I'm not 
I well, it's true that I'm not hugely supportive of um, what fast food has done to American agricultural mm-hmm. systems. Um, I have ideological reasons why I'm not a huge fast food proponent. But separate from that, I actually just don't love it. Like I, I don't love the the taste of fast food. If I were eating it in a vacuum, yeah. it's not my favorite thing. Um, I find it really sweet for some reason. Like the okay. primary taste I get from it is sugar. Um, so I've just never been a huge fan. I've certainly, I mean, I grew up in New Jersey. I, <laughs> I certainly eat my fair share of fast food. Yeah. Um, but as an adult, I would say I, I'm very unlikely, or I was yeah. highly unlikely to eat a lot of fast food. So then what was your first fast food experience as a couple? I think it was Taco Bell. Taco Bell is, I would say, if I may, it was it was really monumental. I think for us as a couple, um, and um, Adam and I, when the night we met, actually mm-hmm. we we had a mutual, we have a mutual friend, and we bumped into each other at a bar. And um, the night we met, our our mutual friend had been like, "Oh, you like you may know Adam's also a writer, and he just re- recently wrote this story for Slate about Taco Bell." And funny, like, funny enough, I had read it. I'd, I'd read that story by chance that day. Um, it's a great story. It was great. It's yeah. kind of a love poem more so than a story. It's a red, <laughs> it's a red flag for that reason. But, yeah. but no, I was charmed. Um, but um, And actually, I thought it was funny because I could tell that you meet a fellow writer and it, they are mm-hmm. delighted when you've read something that they have written. I was, <laughs> very, I was extremely delighted. Sort of like that Harry Met Sally moment where one of them starts quoting the other one back to each other. Oh, yeah. The not Harry and Sally. That didn't happen. But that didn't happen, but close enough. <laughs> In my brain, it happened. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you always fancied yourself Bruno Kirby. <laughs> um, and you had a very special Valentine's Day. We did. Is that true? It was our first, it was our first Valentine's Day a few months back. Uh, we went to the White Castle in Borough Park, Brooklyn, which is a historically Hasidic neighborhood in, um, in Brooklyn, New York. And it was a surprise. Um, one for, I, Emily. for Emily. <laughs> assuming, right. For Emily. Assuming you, really you knew what you were getting into a little bit. So White Castle claims that 35,000 to 40,000 Americans spend Valentine's Day at White Castle, which, if you don't know from pop culture, it's one of the oldest fast food joints, um, and they serve these little burgers called sliders, and um, there have been a couple movies that have yeah. made White Castle famous for yeah. those reasons. And um, every year they have this uh, ritual for... Valentine's Day, they serve tableside, uh, with tableside service um, on red tablecloths. You get to eat all the sliders you want on Valentine's Day. Wow. And so, all you can eat meat. Sounds like love eat. to me. It's not all you can <laughs> eat, but it's it's affordable enough, okay. especially for Valentine's Day, yeah. um, that you can get a lot of food. No, that's a great point, because I don't know what it's like in D.C. or what it's like in other cities. I've only been an adult in New York. But in New York, going out to eat on Valentine's Day is a real buzzkill. Yeah. Um, it's hard to get reservations at a normal time. It's hard to eat. the set. Like There's a menu that the restaurant has, and then there's a Valentine's Day yeah. menu. And so it can be kind of a bummer. Um, and although this was our first time doing Valentine's Day as a couple, I, I, Adam and I kind of, I think he was aware that I'm not a huge Valentine's Day celebrant yeah. um, in the same way that I don't love, like, you know, New Year's Eve or that kind of thing. Um, I think it's more fun to kind of fly by the seat of your pants. Um, and so like a week prior to Valentine's Day, he had told me that I've got big plans for us and it's a surprise. And I had no what idea. What did you think was in store? I wasn't sure. And because it was our first time doing Valentine's Day together, 
stay together? I was like, maybe he loves Valentine's Day. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, maybe you are going to a really expensive meal. Right? Yeah. And, for her life. <laughs> that was part of it. <laughs> no, and I asked him what to wear. And he said, just wear something comfortable, which was accurate. Um, <laughs> a very necessary, instructive. Um, yeah, so we rode the train out from where we both, we both live in the same um, sort of general vicinity in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And to get out to Borough Park takes like, a, I don't know, a solid half hour. Is that accurate? Um, so we rode the train out, surprises, surprises, and um, got off at Borough Park, a historically Hasidic residential neighborhood, capital of romance, one might say. <laughs> um, no, we got out at Borough Park and rounded a corner, and there was the White Castle. And so what I found charming about that is that there's this notion of a romantic dinner involving like candles, expensive food, fine wine, and here you guys are just sort of totally bucking that trend or going to like the a low market version of that. Um, Adam, do you feel like you're pushing back against this notion of like what romance is supposed to be? Or is it just like, I really want a cheap burger and fries? Uh, I don't know if either of those applies. I don't, okay. know, how to, I don't know how to articulate exactly what, what it was that drove me to White Castle. Other okay. than the idea that um, I think the experience kind of trumps everything, you know, whatever it is for Valentine's Day. Um, going someplace and having a memorable, enjoyable experience, it doesn't matter where it is. And I think that that specific opportunity to, I don't know, have a, have a, have a moment at a, at a White Castle turned out to be a really pleasant way to spend a couple of hours. And everyone there also seemed to be enjoying themselves a lot. And I had to actually fight for that reservation, which was yeah. a surprise to me. <laughs> for the two of you young professionals in, in your 30s in New York, deciding, you can decide when you want to get fast food. It's a novelty. It can maybe even be some kind of lu- luxury even. Um, but if you could only afford fast food or this is the, or it was the only kind of restaurant even in your, in your area, would it cease to be romantic? Is there some sort of hipster kitsch to the whole thing? I inherently reject the hipster kitchen. Okay. What I like about fast food uh, is the sort of democratizing aspect of it, where you're you're having a meal with with basically anyone. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no, there's really no sort of, I don't know, elitist thing about it. And I, I think at White Castle on Valentine's Day, we we both kind of expected to see a lot of or I did yeah. going into it at least and it really wasn't at all it was a lot of people having a really good time and I thought that was really great yeah it was very sweet like the scene there was sweet there were there weren't people there because they thought it would be funny um, yeah. there were people there because they thought it would be fun and it like was legitimate wholehearted fun yeah. <laughs> which is unexpected I agree with you you yeah. would think there'd be an element of sort of snark to it yeah. and there really wasn't and there's so much I mean in DC and I assume in New York, New York it's even worse of just like it's hard to get a reservation at like the hottest restaurant and ever. There's like this elitism surrounded by where you're eating and what you're eating. Um, and it seems to me anyway that like going to fast food is like a little bit more like we're just going to eat a meal. Mm-hmm. Right. No, and I think actually you both kind of touched upon what's what's cool about it, what makes some of this romantic. Um, you're right. We we could choose to eat. I mean, I live within two blocks of McDonald's. Like we could choose yeah. to eat um, fast food very regularly and we're fortunate enough to have the luxury of choice in that regard. Yeah. Um, but there is something very romantic also about the long train ride into a part of Brooklyn that I don't normally go to in yeah. the night. It's like there's snow on the ground and then you wind up being someplace that you never thought you'd end up yeah. on February 14th or ever. Um, and I think that's kind of fun too. And that's kind of romantic. 
Right, and we met a lot of people who were having a great time with it. We met a, one couple who had, they had been married for 46 years. This was their first, fifth year. It was their fifth time going to White Castle on Valentine's Day, and they were totally into it. And yeah. the guys, like, I remember going to White Castle when they were just, you know, 60 cents a burger or something like that, and, you know, they were talking about their romantic experiences, sort of the idea of not eating a $36 chicken cutlet. Is what yeah. Said. Like, I saw a Valentine's Day menu with a $36 chicken cutlet on it, and, like, why would I do that? Yeah. So if other couples want to sort of emulate this fast food romance you have um (laughs) what is like first of all what is the line between cute and cheap and then like and how either of you how would you propose like if you were to let's say provide advice to a buddy and like how to ask a girl or a guy out on a fast food date like how do you sell that idea to someone who may not be on board or you don't know if they're on board Oh, like soft peddling fast food dating. Yeah, like, well, I don't know. Laid it out there. Well, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it, yeah, seeing if someone else shares a taste for it. I don't. How does that How does that go? I think, uh, you know, I think it's something you just kind of have to stumble into. I don't I don't think there's any real way to prepare for that. <laughs> Either you're ready for the fryers or you're not, you know? And I think in a lot of ways it's, it's a great way to tell whether you're ultimately compatible yeah. with because it speaks to an adventurous sort of quality and it speaks to an open-mindedness and it also speaks to sort of a sense of humor because there's yeah. something kind of inherently funny even without necessarily thumbing your nose at something yeah. about doing something that's viewed as unconventional in a, in a circumstance like dating. Except it's incredibly conventional when you talk about like being American. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Right. The way that a lot of people talk about dating versus the way that it actually is. And that's that was the experience at White Castle for a lot of people. There's actually a lot of White House actually pays for eight weddings every Valentine's Day. Oh, wow. So around the country, there are all these dispatches coming in of people who were saying, you know, completely without irony, I'm going to go on a, hun- a better honeymoon because I got married Aww. in a white castle. And so I'm saying, one day we're going to tell our children we got married in a big white castle. <laughs> those were, I mean, those were actual quotes from the, from the dispatches across the country, which I thought were really heartwarming and, you know, our experience, I think, spoke to that too. Okay, so I should save the date. For your White Castle <laughs> wedding right. in 2016, I had, I, not to put you on the spot or anything. Right, right. If I win, if I win a contest, I'm marrying somebody. Okay, that's what it's coming down to. <laughs> All right. Well, I expect I expect an invitation. Emily and Adam, thank you so much for joining us today. I wish you many more Valentine's days and regular Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays eating French fries and fast food. For all the listeners out there, you can send your favorite moments of fast food romance uh, to me on Twitter at Lisa Bonos or topics for next time. Bye. Bye.